Blog Talk Radio. Live from Washington, D.C., it's quintessential listening. Poetry Online Radio. QLPOR, as it's widely known, features a bevy of poets, spoken word artists, and live poetry readings with best-selling authors. Your host is Dr. Michael Anthony Ingram. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the program. Finn Bell is a widely respected poet and writer from the San Francisco Bay Area and co-director of Poetry Global Network, or PGN, as is widely known. She had her poetry included in two poetry anthologies in 2021, Sinew, 10 Years of Poetry in the Brew, and the Bronx Memoir Project Anthology, Volume 5. This year, she contributed to PGN's first anthology, Kaleidoscope Poetry, which includes works by poets across the globe. Finn has written a poetry collection titled Some Days Here. In addition to holding a bi-monthly online open mic every second and fourth Thursday, you can also find her organizing other poetry events and programs through her platform called Finkabulary. <laughs> Fantastic. The platform is dedicated to making literary arts easier, specifically poetry, easier for all to access. Now, on the description page, you can read more about Finn Bell. There are links and other information about her heroic past life. That information is there, too. All right, Finn, welcome to the program. It is such a pleasure to be back, Michael. Thank you so much for the invitation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's, great want... it's great fun. Great <laughs> fun. <laughs> I want people to read your statement about your heroic past life. <laughs> and what you did. Yeah, that's, that's very important. <laughs> I, I would think that's very important to put there. I'm, I'm very, I'm very, very proud of that, that, that past life. Uh, it's, it's not so, it's not so much notorious as far as very fulfilling, very fulfilling. We'll talk about that more soon. Okay. All right. I like that. I like that. I was going to save it as a yeah. surprise for them to read, but I want you to talk about it. All right. Let's begin this poetic journey of Finn Bell. Mm. What is poetry? Yes. Poetry is quite simply everything. It's everything that we experience, everything we process um, in our daily lives. And I think saying that the end point, you know, what we put forth in words is the poetry, um, it is just a portion of it. What we're experiencing um, from the moment we open our eyes, you know, everything that we have gone through, everything that we share with other people, shared experiences, personal experiences, that is poetry. And Mm -hmm. we are just merely the scribes who are, who are taking down those words and those experiences faithfully. Um, mm-hmm. I know that's a simplified answer, um, mm-hmm. but I think it encompasses so much. It encompasses so much. People like to um, think that poetry is this elevated and scary thing. No, mm-hmm. if you're breathing, if you're a human being, <laughs> you are living this thing that we call poetry. 
um, because it's what you're doing. It's what you're doing. We are just um, people, so-called poets, are just the people who are the scribes, who are laying it down faithfully, observing it, living it, and experiencing it as well, but putting it down um, on, on the black and white. <laughs> wow. Oh, I like that. Wow. You're great Thank already. So when you think about poetry from the heart, and when I even say the word heart, it makes me shiver. Tell me about mm. poetry from your heart. You know, um, th- that's a really good question. And a 20, 20-something-year-old me, not to give away my age, yes, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, would have given you this very, um, you know, uh, earnest answer about, about poetry from the heart being about Emotional experiences having to do mm-hmm. a lot with maybe a broken heart, maybe, uh, you know, a, a romance gone wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think now, you know, more now, especially in the here and now, um, yes. poetry from the heart truly expresses how 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 we're going to put our mark upon this world that is indelible um, in, in a way that's not just profound, honestly, mm-hmm. but in a mm-hmm. way that is, is, is helping right wrongs. I, I don't know if that makes sense. Yes, it um, does. It's, it's, more, yeah, it's, it's more pertinent than ever for mm-hmm. um, this poetry that we are speaking so um, you know, so fervently mm-hmm. to have mm-hmm. to hit a mark that causes this eruption of of uh, not only emotion, not only counter emotion, but action from other people. So mm-hmm. when it's coming directly from from my own heart, I don't only yes. want to express um, what is going on in you know in my internal life. I want mm-hmm. that internal life to somehow have this enduring bond, this enduring connection with other people that, that sparks um, that same fire, that same outrage I'm feeling. If I've read something, mm-hmm. and obviously it's just the world has gone awry. The world has gone awry. And, you know, am, am I saying that it is optimism, na- naivety, to be um, wanting to right the wrongs of the world with our words? Hey, you know, um, call it, call it optimism. But mm-hmm. I think just by reading the poets whom, whom I do love, who I do just, I, I, I am sitting at their feet and learning. Um, it is happening. It is happening. If people are listening and they are, um, this, mm-hmm. this change that we need to enact, this change that has been spoken of by so many people before us, poets or not, great people, people who we should have listened to in the beginning. Um, it, is, it is happening, and we're trying to, to forward that every day with our voice. I think that is the charge that we hold very heavily. We need to, to, to make those words count just more than pretty things that are, are, are put on the page. They have to matter. <laughs> so eloquently stated. So eloquently stated. Thank you. But 
Finn Bell is you answered it, but I'd like you to give me more. Is poetry important? Absolutely. Absolutely. Poetry is very important. Um, Not, hmm, you know, I'd like to say that if if you're thinking in the terms of of poetry, of our our poetry forebears, um, Mm -hmm. we're not disregarding, we're obviously not disregarding that. There is a lot to be in mind, but from, you know, from, from reading and familiarizing yourself with the older works, you know, with works from, you know, from, from Robert Frost, from Elizabeth Barrett Browning, though, you know, they're very much my favorites, but mm-hmm. you cannot stop your education there. You have to continue to love and appreciate and look for and, and follow your contemporaries. And I, I guess I'm, I'm addressing this to, to other poets, but when mm-hmm. I say other poets, basically, basically, really, I'm saying everybody. Everybody yes. has that potential within them to create poetry within themselves and meld that, that, you know, that creativity and meld that message that they have with everybody else's voices. Um, mm-hmm. So, yes, poetry is very important in the way that it is an ongoing but very lovely, very beautifully worded conversation uh, amongst people. And that's, that's simply what it is. It's not uh, this elevated talk, you know, just dedicated to salons, to these old poetry salons. It is an mm-hmm. honest and uh, um, very earnest conversation among, among people that continues because I think each poet speaks to the other poet who they hear by the response that that's given. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's beautiful because sometimes it's in way of it being something akin to an ekphrastic poem where one poet speaks, the other poet responds by responding to that poem itself, or they respond in the way that they carry forth that poem. I don't know if you're familiar, but a lot of poets in our community, especially in the Mm -hmm. online community, um, they like to do what is called a cover poem, which, you know, I think is like the mm. highest form of um, praise or, you know, or recognition to another poet that they respect the words that they're saying, they, the, what the words they say holds, bears weight in that person's life. So the poet shares a poem from another poet. And, wow. and just in the act, the simple act of doing that. Um, mm-hmm. They are carrying forth this, this message that otherwise may have may or may not have been heard by by other people, may have not been appreciated by other people. And in the telling, the retelling of their voice, there's something. There's this beautiful alchemy. I think there's this beautiful alchemy where something new is discovered with with the telling, with the telling in the new voice. Um, wow. And that's just it's a it's a marvel to me. I always marvel at that. I hear something okay. new, whether I've heard a poem. One time, whether I've heard a, a poem ten times, I hear it in a new voice, and it tells me something else. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Finn Bell, you need your own infomercial because <laughs> I'm listening to you. <laughs> I want to buy that product. I, <laughs> I want to buy 
that product. <laughs> oh, you're great. You're www. Great. <laughs> right. Go get it now. <laughs> ben Bell. That's great. Please, yes. please share with me an early experience when you learned that poetic language had power. An early experience when I learned poetic language had power. Mm-hmm. I would like I would like to honestly say that it was early in terms of an earlier age. Um, okay. I've always okay. yeah. loved you know I've always loved poetry. It's always um, spoken to me, but m- much like a lot of people, much like I said before, it was from a place of um, inaccessibility. I never thought that I was connected to the listening of these, you know, to, to listening to these poets who I much admired when I was of a younger age. I thought that here I am doing my thing. It has nothing to do with what everybody else is doing. However, however, at the beginning of the pandemic, I think that is where that, um, you know, what you called um, life-changing and, and, and truly powerful, that's when it started happening. Um, so it didn't happen chronologically at an earlier time, but it did happen at the at the epiphany of something that we were all undergoing. You know, yes. we were we were all kind of uh, we were isolated from each other, but in a way, because of the the physical isolation, it was a a banding of of like minds. You mm. know, by by way of Zoom, by way of of you know things like this, where we would interact, um, depending on on voice, depending on what we learned, you know, in the, in the moment that we didn't know anything previously about that person. And just hearing these, um, you know, voices for the first time, not diluted by knowledge of anything else, you know, which can be um, sometimes detrimental, knowing too much about people, knowing too much about a background of something can be detrimental to, the listening and appreciation of the poetry itself. When you are taking something at face value, as far as poetry is concerned, um, that's a, that's a beautiful big wake up call. All you're seeing is the purity of the poetry. And so in those first moments in that first year, 2020, when I was mm-hmm. hearing a lot of these voices emerge or, 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 or they were established, but, um, but I had, I had only experienced them, them for the first time. I, yes. I was, learning so much about what the the true effect of having um you know a, a voice that speaks of social change a voice that mm-hmm. truly emotes what i am feeling in that moment how it feels to be a human being imperfect you know you a lot of us like to think that we are isolated um yes. i know that a lot a lot of us took that that actual dip in our uh, you know our mental well-being being being away from other people, mm-hmm. but then hearing that we had we still had that common thread of shared experiences that people were saying within their poetry within their words, hey, you know I'm going through this this is what's happening, and here I am you're hearing my words I'm okay that confirmation did did more for a lot of people. Um, myself included, mm-hmm. more than you know than than one can ever like truly um, 
say or comprehend or even give credit to. Um, wow. and, and that for me, just that connection. I always like to say, this may seem trite, um, okay. people like to um, kind of second guess their poetry. Am I, am I you know, relating to people? Are, are people understanding or are they getting anything from you know, what I'm saying? Did it, did it land, so to speak, properly? I'm like, I always tell people, yeah. Sure, you know, and I said, you might, might find this corny, but one day you're going to understand. You affected one person who was listening to it, one person who was nodding and saying, yes, yes, I needed to hear that today. You made a world of difference. You made a world of difference. Mm-hmm. And that's important. Yeah. If nothing else, that's important. Wow. You know, as I listen to you, I also think that, quote, leveling the playing field in terms of Mm. poetry is important to you. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I I guess you got kind of to the heart of the matter in in a way. Um, Okay. Leveling leveling of the playing field, um, I'm I'm revisiting that that term right now, as as you had just said it, um, Mm -hmm. because I, I like to you know, idealistically think that there was never an unlevel playing field to begin with. Right, but, you right. know, okay, let's talk, let's talk about reality. There are certain parameters that people do put to what they believe is um, great poetry or a great poet. And, and, you know, honestly, not always valid. Different people have their different criteria. Yes. Um, but, but as as far as the truth in saying that, you know, it, let's just say if leveling the playing field was synonymous to um, everybody having their time in the sun, everybody having their voice, I'm totally for that. That's that's what mm-hmm. I'd like to see achieved. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, you did mention about Poetry Global Network. Um, yes. That's very, that's very much what we endeavor to do. We want to hear those voices. We earnestly want to hear, you know, those, those, I know that sounds like something that a lot of people say, let's, you know, let's hear the new voices in poetry right now. Let's hear the new voices in literature. We are actively listening. We have our ear to the ground. We're listening. Mm-hmm. We want to consume and hear these voices because these are the voices into posterity, they carry on this legacy. They will find that next generation that again carries that legacy. And wow, you know, think about it. That's beautiful, right? That's beautiful. It A never-ending line. Yeah. The thing about, for me, about Porsche Global Network is that not only do you talk the talk, you walk the walk. Now, people can say, oh, yes, let's create some new voices, but what's your format? Mm -hmm. What's your forum to do that? How do you bring people together? And PGN, you're able to bring people together from all all walks of life, from all around the world. And and, And I love that. I love that about that organization. Thank you. Thank you. That, it's still amazing to me. It's still amazing that we're able. I'm, I am humbled by the people that I was able to sit down with. Um, mm-hmm. I, I know when I previously 
guested with you with, with the panel yes. from PGN, I I still am left with such a big impression. Um, I'm going to give a shout out to Lacan. As you know, Lacan is our yes. uh, the head yes. of PGN, and he was so wonderful in nurturing me and, and making sure that um, during the time when I had my own program, that he mm-hmm. put me in contact with not only poets that I could sit down and talk poetry about, but people who, um, that he truly admired, who he wanted me to, you know, um, sit at their knee and, and learn lessons from them. And so that, that, that interaction, that dialogue that I had with them um, is forever just a, um, an experience that, that will never be parallel for me, not because I was able to sit with these so-called luminaries of the poetry world. It was because I was, I was learning from the voices that I needed to hear. Mm. And I hope that um, the way that I looked at that, you know, I, I'm thinking in my, in my mind right now, um, what comes to mind a few people that, um, I had interviewed, um, like Dr. T- Dr. Martina McGowan, she brought yes. out, you know, a, a, a must read, good Lord. I'm still not over that, reading that, that book. Um, and I wanted to make sure I asked the right things because I mm-hmm. wanted the people to hear the right things. I wanted them mm-hmm. to hear what they needed to hear. Um, and so just, yeah, just being able to sit and, and learn in the process um, that's been so invaluable and that can never be duplicated. And I will always, I will always cherish that, honestly. <laughs> so that the listeners know, what was the title of Dr. McGowan's book? Dr. McGowan's book. Oh, my goodness. You know, you're, <laughs> you are, um, you are pull, you're pulling it up from me. But, you know, I, I <laughs> was it her first book or her second now book? You're, now you're making me think. It was, I believe, her. I know she she came out with a second book. It was her first book. Um, goodness, um, you you kind of got me for a moment there. It's on the tip of my tongue. How about this? How about this? I have the PDF for it. Yes, (laughs) I've got it. I've got it. I am the rage. You do okay. (laughs) Yes. Oh, oh, I am the rage. It is a very powerful book. It is a very powerful book. And if you can't remember the title, remember the words inside the book. That's what's most important. That's what's most important. The message that she's delivering. Finn, what do you write about? (laughs) Um, You have to ask me that at different periods of my, my life. Um, mm-hmm. Right now, what I'm trying to tackle, and it's not an easy thing to, to navigate, but I think that I am uh, learning to give myself grace and be gentle with myself and, and finally talk to how, how um, grief is ever present. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm finally trying to, to, you know, to, to speak to that and, and have a dialogue and, and, and sit with it and ugly cry. Um, okay, so yes. I'm trying to do that. It, 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 yeah, it, it has it has kind of woven its way um, into a lot of what I've been writing this year, either intentionally or unintentionally. It speaks to, to things that I, I don't even recall. 
Um, this is going to be funny. I don't mean for it to be funny, but it's going to be funny. Uh, <laughs> I I had a, a I had a stellar like flagship year last year of being uh, having the honor of being featured by you know a lot of um, platforms that I that I really admire. And mm-hmm. when I was build, building a uh, curating a set for them, I would always very adamantly say to people, I am not. A love poet. I am not a love poet. <laughs> I sound very Rudy Francisco saying that. And then, and then, to my dismay, to my dismay, finding that maybe a good portion, maybe about seventy percent of what <laughs> I'm writing, at least on surface level, appears yes. like it's a, a damn love poem. So, mm. so hey, <laughs> um, <laughs> there's nothing like discovery, <laughs> right? Well, well. I'd like you to share share two poems. Please share two poems. You'd like me to share two poems? Yes. Right now. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry about that. I. Uh, <laughs> well, you can do it tomorrow. I mean, <laughs> there's no rush. <laughs> there's no rush. <laughs> No, I, I was I was kind of I was kind of caught I was kind of caught because I was I was I was going back in my in my archives and looking at my interview with 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 Dr. McGowan and that's where I was yes. I was like okay let's pull up let's pull up let's pull up the poems again let's pull up the poems so, so Michael um, this this first poem I want to share <laughs> this first poem I want to share has a little bit a um, a a a note to begin with. I don't know if I'm, I should read the note or if it's appropriate. Um, let me know. Please, I hope you read can it, it. Read it. I hope. Yeah, I don't care. Okay. Read it. <laughs> okay. Great. I like that. Thank you for giving me the ghost signal. Yes. yes. So, <laughs> this poem is called Mintaka. And so what Mintaka does is it refers to the star seed, you know, the star being. Mm-hmm with the affinity to water. And I love that because I am a water sign. Um, And these kind of people possess a great power of healing and premonitory dream vision. I also found out in my little research, because I am so lovely nerdy. I'm a lovely nerd. Um, (laughs) Mintaka is also (laughs) one of the brightest and most visible stars in Orion's belt. I dug in a little further and because I also love Greek mythology. In some Greek mythology accounts, um, Orion, you know, uh, which is the, you know, where, where Mintaka is located, Orion was the Greek uh, hunter who raped a princess named Merope when her father, King Enepion, rejected him as a suitor. So long story short, short, my takeaway from this is that he got rewarded by being immortalized in the constellations. So that kind of wove itself into the writing of this mintaka. It didn't. It wasn't intentional. It kind of got put in there. <laughs> so okay. So here we go. <laughs> Sit here now. Hear this story. The day I reincarnated. Mortal flesh, molting thin and sugar glass bone, landing starship upon a Monday evening's dying planet. Sonar wave Rhea, 
awaken Titan sea, my plumed prideful fishtail, ruin my smeared gash lip, vermilion brilliant, breaking a winning streak. It was in that instance you bellowed, stunned, mitten, I paused. There was nothing laced in the impending icebergs melting in my drink. Here, I birthed a practice of copying down misshapen excuses sent in my direction on wake of frenzied moving water. Poseidon's bow, slipshod, cocksure proclamation you asserted, unbending even then. Brine and Tang, I murmured back. Who between the two of us was bothering to keep count to number days in correct order when I was already tracing the maddening shape your lips took to round out its vowels to soften their frantic release in my direction. You consciously dimmed your flame, this flame inside your hurricane lantern chest. You cupped long fingers to surround it, to guard it, to keep me from deciphering it, while your essence, your combustible you, hissed between our untended gaps, your fire not wanting to churn vaporous, deplete my approaching whirlpools, my water not wanting to douse you, so wanting to swallow you whole, not wanting to want you, wanting you. I felt the newness of how my bare skin screamed beneath siren scale, rapturous holy fire, when you singed it that very first time. I remember us awakening the fall in November. I remember us quickening rebirth in December. I remember us coming July season to the season's changes and impatient to cast out pretense of distance and cold. How the hot wind chafe of your touch testing your come-ons pressed down unyielding gust on my throat and cheeks. Summer fling, sweltering, blistered, freak occurrence, dog, gay squalls. You never hung around too long, your destination then, far abroad, scattered and untold. I had known in Minfaka, spirit ascending, I would gift you my devotion. I would rainfall you my patience, coax poppies forth from the cracks of you, desiccated earth of you, nexus birth soul. It was in this place we created comprehension, dawning we witnessed the way you halted the tumbleweeds rolling. In their southwest wanderings, we rooted in oasis, became wildflowers of every riotous color, burgeoning life into the desert. In those days, I sang the sea, sleepy, sexated, drunk for you, and she pulled the moon's phases erratic to echo you, to greet you, sunrise Elias mounting, to hold you, to save you, Sunset Icarus plummeting. The leaves turn to gold-hued rot. Proserpina sonambulant ascends through snowdrift. A mayflower head erupts. Soaring is a motion reversed, achieved upside down. The ground is the sky. You bore not a solitary care as your violent rays rip the sky bare to embrace you, to rescue you in your nightly downfall. Thank you. Wow. Before we move to the next one, let me ask this. 
Is there a line or stanza in that poem that you're most proud of writing? Most proud of, um, proud of carving out? Actually, yes. It was the, um, the Tell me about it. second, or I'm sorry, third to the last stanza that I added in later. Um, okay. I was wondering how I could somehow insert in um, between, I, I like to go through the seasons and I didn't feel that I talked enough about the slumber of the earth. Um, and I, I like to do that um, mm-hmm. when I'm, when I'm speaking of, you know, Greek mythology and referencing how, you know, how the seasons are prominent and um, Persephone, Proserpina is, is one of my, my favorite um, mythology. Um, so that line that was third to the last where I was talking about the leaves turning to gold-hued rot and mm. Proserpina being sonambulant. For me, when I was creating that, it was creating the image of her walking across the barren earth in my, in my mind before her time. So I, I love that image. It was like, I, I like to think of things visually. I like to yes. think of, um, oh, the, uh, the, um, the artist is eluding me, but it's one of my favorite. I think it's Waterhouse. It was uh, something that was um, that was pre-Renaissance. Um, mm-hmm. That always um, comes comes to mind when I'm when I'm writing things like that. And so, uh, the way that I find it successful to do that, if if, mm-hmm. it's, if I find it um, that it's the perfect line, is when it finally forms that beautiful, rich, russet colored picture in my mind and I'm like yes okay. <laughs> yes there you go I know very nice <laughs> I'm going to the there. yeah thank you <laughs> okay please share the next one <laughs> okay um the next one um I have shared this so many times this year and I'm still very very much in love with it so apologies Apologies for that. My my dog oh, no has his own opinions as well. <laughs> no problem. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, earlier this year, uh, we were posed with a uh, a challenge to do something having to do with science fiction, and mm-hmm. I, I I love I love science fiction. I I can't really say that I have quite the knowledge of most people of. Um, of really good science fiction writers, really essential science fiction writers. However, I do know um, during the early 90s, yeah, early 90s, I was very much in love with the work of, um, of, of a science fiction great named Kenneth Lee, um, who passed away in 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, and she wrote a beautiful, uh, beautiful very revolutionary <laughs> um, book about a th- this love affair, and I know there's there's a bigger metaphor behind it um, between somebody who's humanoid and and a humanoid android, and just just talking about the like the, the difficulties of, of of saying what exactly you know what what embodies humanity, and just re re unearthing that now. You know, back mm-hmm. then it may have seen 
simplified and a joke. Now thinking about that, what does truly, com- you know, comprise humanity when, when you think about it? It's, it's not just as, as simple to talk about, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because, uh, you know, a lot of um, things that, you know, that, that we so-called humans do nowadays can be considered very inhumane, very cruel, and, you know, what's going on with the world. So I, I contemplated that a long time. And I came up with this poem called Silver Redemption. So this is in tribute to the, to the wonderful Tanith Lee, Silver Redemption. Commence transmission. Rove through with care and survive a soulless, disposable world with your perfect shell of a silver heart intact. One, consider Utopia and all her plot holes. She is lover to her cousin in the underworld, twice as mad, copying the movement of replicate mind since her first birth. Two, promiscuity is allotted today, not allowed. Always command performance on someone else's terms. The sexual revolution, it never happened. The androids are tidiness and they swept the propaganda into sewers below ground new immortal dance. Bodies are not tea, are not sanitized sexuality, augmented in filthied up thought data sequence. Stop. Save. Retrieve the corrupted hollow copy to keep you warm throughout the tepid passion climate controlled nights. Three. When we are death and rebirth and death and rebirth in an unending fire halo pattern in our solitary spheres, are we calling this now truly living? Four, don't fuck the quasi-robots. Make love to them completely with abandon. They have feelings too, though they refrain from admitting it. They are aware that the government guides them, governs them, governs us, watching our every moment in the keyholes, and pretend they don't know we are also watching them, watching us. The complicity is silent. The subterfuge is absolute. Five, the androids imagined us before we conceived ourselves, their own presence, illusion to fill the void of life. Our dreams are the constructs. Our lives are the dreams. Our lives are not the reality. Six, Once we decide we cease to matter, our emptiness begs to design a spaceship coffin to escape the pomegranate-shaped earth, regurgitate its six seeds eject from a hellish multidimensional paradise. We look back at our ruins. We cannot help it. Humanoids craving concrete proof of our destruction. Only here does the illusion shatter. Seven, first entry in Celestial Explorer's Log. Love is beyond the tangible and material and organic alchemy and magic, blood and flesh and bone. Love is the universal truth. Transmission ceased. Transmission resumes. Eight. When given the option, the only choice should be to always bite the sun. Transmission no longer found. Thank you. Wow, that was quite epic. 
Thanks so much. I love yes. that one. Yes. <laughs> particularly proud <laughs> of that one. Yes, you're a credible writer. What do you think your poetry conveys about the human condition, Finn? Phil? Oh, that is a lovely and very full question. <laughs> I, I could go on about that and, and find a new answer for that. Um, it, I, I think what it speaks about the human condition mm-hmm. is that we are we are we are always seeking we're always constantly seeking it is in our nature and that is exactly where we should be um okay. if if we are you know ceasing that that curiosity whether it be of um, of things that we need to know, you know, as something as basic as something we need to know, or our curiosity in seeking something that doesn't quite appear as it seems, you know, um, mm-hmm. a, a constant quest for truth. Um, I think we are kind of condemning ourselves to, to, to end that journey, to end that journey of, of, of fully realizing um, you know what we could do with 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 the voice we are given, with mm. the storytelling, the storytelling abilities that we're given. Um, making it sound really trite to say to just say storytelling abilities. I think within the storytelling ability is that 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 undeniable power to to affect something. You know that. That is that is enduring and hopefully um, positive, positive to mm-hmm. people. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, that that is uh, very much forefront in my mind. You know, to mm. to always to always convey that, to always do that, at least try. Right. Um, as, as much as um, as I feel that. Um, Maybe deceptively, maybe uh, I may be talking about a fruit bowl, and I'm really not talking about a fruit bowl. I hope mm-hmm. people ex- kind of want to ex- want to explore that and, and say wh- why were they why were they doing that? Because I I definitely do that um, in, okay. in my daily contemplation when I'm reading. I want to. I'm the kind of person that I would go to a museum, and so this is very parallel with with poetry. Uh, mm-hmm. If I could open open the doors inside the the, uh, the painting itself, you know those <laughs> those painted on doors. Yes. I wanted to see what's going what's going on. Okay, so you guys here up front, <laughs> what you're doing is you're you're sitting for a portrait, but what's happening in in the background? I want to open that door that that appears in the painting and see the entirety of the story, see the the mm-hmm. full 360 view of what's going on, what the story is trying to tell. And I've always been that way. I'm always trying to to find that that next step, and I'm hoping that that inquisitive mind is um, something that that's infectious, you know, All right. <laughs> in a way you know, where people will people do that too. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're going to take a brief break, but I'd like you to answer this question when we return. Okay. All right. 
based yep. on what you know about the world, your lived experience, mm-hmm. based on what you know about poetry, does it hurt you to write poetry? If not, why not? That's the question, and we'll be right back. We are back. I am Michael Anthony Ingram. I'm here with the incredible Finn Bell. Finn Bell. Does it hurt you to write poetry? If not, why not? I I might have to give a very disappointing, very concise um, answer to that, but this is completely honest. Um, Okay. When, when, I, when I do say this, and, and, and yes, it, it, it hurts very much to write poetry now, now, within mm-hmm. the, this last year, within the last few years, um, because I want to hold myself accountable for yes. the words that I put forth. Um, it is not without great pain that I, I, that I mine these experiences um, so I can share them and, and try to embrace them with the words that, that convey what, I, what I'd like to impart to people. And a lot of this comes at um, the expense of, of cracking my soul wide open. Um, you know, to reveal a part of me, which as a poet, um, I, I shied against, you know, I, I was very much of that mindset of, of poets being, you know, the old fashioned solitary creature way, way Mm -hmm. back. Um, And, and, and conceiving their art and enjoying their own art alone. Um, You know, uh, I, as, as, of, as of this period of, of meeting a lot of people um, who had like minds, who, who, who thought the same, who, who, um, who would listen to what I, what I have to say and um, appreciate what I had to say and respect that, you know, those, those words um, coming into dialogue with them, I, I, I realized the necessity of it, how that was such an integral part of, of, of the whole process. It wasn't mm-hmm. just me writing, you know, and, and, and making these, these poetry, these, these poems um, alone. The, mm-hmm. the key part in that too was the conversation that happened after the, the um, what, was, what, what was extracted from other people hearing, you know, hearing that. 
And so when I relay these experiences or, or what I derive from them, um, I do a lot of I do a lot of deep digging. I even yes. if the wording is is deceptive, seem, seemingly deceptive, or seem mm-hmm. or very simple, or um, I, I the choice of them, uh, what I choose to write, um, does um, exact a lot of out of me mentally and emotionally, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't have it any other way. Honestly, I wouldn't okay. feel I was giving the words. Um, the the respect that they deserved. I I, I wouldn't be giving the storytelling the respect it deserved. Um, if right. I was not if I was not opening up that piece of me um, and 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 imbuing them basically, you know, so imparting them into the words. So you're willing then to be hurt by the poetry of others. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yes. That is Talk correct. About that. Yes, I. Yeah, tell me more. I have, I, I have learned too that that that, um, opening opening myself enough to um, to to also receive these poems. Um, I obviously, you know, if I, if I do that, I make that brave step to to find something in myself that that responds to to what they're saying. Mm. And I am I am richer for the experience, but also, again, you know, understanding that responsibility. Finally, that uh, when when I receive their words, um, I, I know a lot of this concept of you know healing through our poetry um, gets bandied around a lot. Yes, and um, people you know may or may not be great. Great, you know, great fans of, of, of the concept of of having poetry as, as a means of um, not only expressing but healing yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that the term uh, of you know, like uh, um, I forgot exactly what it is, but you know, like uh, um, not trauma bonding exactly, but you know, but, but having it as a platform for trauma has yes. been kind of um, touched with such a you know, like like kid gloves it's it, you know it's it, people are very uneasy around it um mm-hmm. you know honestly that being said um how, what else do we bring of ourselves but but that core of of emotion that core of being um we are otherwise not being truthful to ourselves and truthful to those people who who want to receive our words yeah, if we're not if we're, if we're not doing that in return, if we're not receiving what they have to say and internalizing it and bringing it back, back forth, you know, in, in our responses to them, uh, bringing up, it up from our soul forward into responses with them, but also to receiving their word and not um, simplifying it as something merely a, 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 of, as a relaying of, 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 of trauma that has nothing to do with anybody else, of course it has to do. Of course we share this. We, we we share these experiences, even if they are just the tail end of another person's experience. Even if they do not mirror, they obviously don't mirror the other person's experience. But but we mm-hmm. we empathize with a lot of the 
you know, the, the core feelings, the, the core understanding, the, the grief, the, um, the, the disgust, you know, the, the, the trying to, to refine ourselves. In All right. All right. You know, I know. Went, went a little deep diving in there. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. No. <laughs> I love to have my mind stimulated. So thank you. <laughs> you know, Finn, this is also a call-in show. It was founded to be a call-in show, and you have a call. You have a call. I do. Yes. <laughs> I'd like to bring this person on, if that's okay, for them to ask you a question. Sure. The area code is five six. <laughs> the area code is five six two. The first three numbers are six five nine. You're on the air with Finn Bell. Hello. Uh, good evening, Finn Bell. Good evening, Michael Anthony. This uh, is Samuel Rain here. All right. And so, <laughs> I called in because this gives me more of an opportunity to hear her art because. You know, when you're on the Zoom show, you get to do one poem. So, But here, I get to hear like 10 poems, and it ain't over yet because <laughs> it's still early. <laughs> so I get to hear more. <laughs> I don't have 100 questions today. I mean, I- I'm just enjoying it, you know. So, And that's why when, when I saw it up on my page, I'm like, oh, you know I'm going to this show. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, that kind of support um, I, is always I'm, important. Go ahead. I'm curious, who is this again? Did I did I miss who this was? Oh, uh, uh, well, you know, you you hear me on on the Norican poets that I think my thing says Dark Man Blues, but I'm actually complicated passion. Samuel oh. Rain Benjamin, Arthur poet. Samuel you know, Rain, and, and thank I'll, you so much. That's, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you know, I only get to hear when you're on that show. You only get to hear a few minutes, you know. So but here. You got the whole concert all to yourself. <laughs> I like that. I like the way you phrase that. <laughs> yeah. well, thank you, sir. Yeah, so. <laughs> well, no, thank you. Yeah, so uh, I, I do listen. I do hear beautiful, and, and I enjoy it, you know, and that's another reason why I'm here listening to the show, right. because I knew I was going to hear beautiful poetry today. Yes. Yes, Finn is fantastic. All right, then. Let's Finn. Please share three poems. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Samuel. Thank you. Thank you Thank very you much. Thank you so much, Samuel. Yes. Okay, ben, three poems. You have a, you have a fan no. club. <laughs> I know. That, 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 warms, that warms my heart. I, was, I know. Honestly, I was trying to recognize the voice, and I said, mm-hmm. I've heard this voice, and somehow in the background I was saying, sensual poetry. I know this person does, because I missed the name. I don't know if he said in the beginning. And yes, mm-hmm. indeed, it's complicated passions. Yay! <laughs> An award nominated for it, too. He's going to be on the show in a couple of weeks, so. Exciting. Nice. Again, nice. second or third time. <laughs> All right, back to you. Three poems. <laughs> so many good guests, Michael. Yes. <laughs> So I have a um, a brand new poem. I have not uh, test driven this poem at all. <laughs> I want to give props to Miss Diane Marie Ward, whose um, space triggering workshop this just came out of. So this is brand new. This is fresh. 
Um, I've never shared it, so excuse if it's a little shaky, but um, right. yeah, but I'm liking, I'm liking how it's coming out. Um, this poem is currently called Worn Furniture, a.k.a. Already Discarded in the Mind. And it's an ekphrastic poem based on a photograph that Miss Diane shared. Tone, beige, living room, um, where there was just a sofa, a very a stationary scene, and uh, the part of a painting. Um, but it was all muted tones. So this is called Worn Furniture, a.k.a already discarded in the mind. The portrait stays exactly where it is, stays right side up. We sit in the chintzy, sinking sofa, sipping our tea, uneased chips, wafer slim, bone china, cracks knuckle around, flimsy S of stem handle, unspoken rule. We do not speak of him. We all claim a backstory, a prismatic in its behind creaky paper hand fan telling, our own narrative inserted in, but all varying degrees of veracity. We know that we lie, and we relish passing it around on the gossip mill of our antique prize dessert trolley with after after dinner mints, with after whiskey, sanity saving, slim cigarettes the bitter French kind. And as an unchallenged truth, time fades, patina, and richness of once luxurious surroundings fades down memory to dull ache. I pull up his face between the heavy shutters my eyes make at the turn of dark to light. She is kind to him, this unreliable narrator brain summoning up a saint passe demon spawn last year back in mode savior this year we change the patterns of dimming and glaring lampshades gaudy dreams to assuage the guilt we feel on departing the end <laughs> Finn Bell do you plan to read another oh you <laughs> You said three in a row, didn't you? Yeah. I failed I fail the assignment. I failed the assignment already. That's okay. I thought I'd been a trick. Here, here, you, here you are politely waiting. Yes. And, and here I am. I'm like, it's awfully silent. Awfully silent. Michael, that's beyond polite. Because <laughs> as we kept going, I knew something was wrong. <laughs> I was like, did she faint? Oh. <laughs> I know. I passed okay. out. The fan was the okay. fan was not on. It wasn't working. Okay. Okay. Two so, back to back. All right. Two back to back. Yes. Gotcha. gotcha. All right. <laughs> Okay, so um, this poem, sorry, my, my baby turned on my other device. Sign up for oh, goodness. Sorry. Just let me know you're done. Hmm. So this is called Leviathan. Um, it is a, uh, a poem that is based on a, a lighthouse, um, a, a lighthouse as sort of a, a inspiration. Leviathan. 
Glint of sun reflection off dusty car window. Refraction in my filmy lighthouse eyes. Where does the burden of knowledge flood a soul-parched spiral staircase? My feet grounded on the concrete questioned the poet, grill the seeker. How many boats are broken toy carcasses now littering my shores? Do I light the flame for them after the fact, after the wreckage? Do I light the complicity flame I cannot muster on my own? Do I harpoon the mighty whale with these two hands, these eight window panes, fog bloodied, a leviathan heart for a tin cup of oil, a life for a light? Blinding illumination, the sirens tear out their storm cloud locks in their fury in their envy, wailing, laughing, they ask, when did I learn the genius to thieve the slaughter within their song? On the seafloor rumbling, earth core voices speak. The fish are well-fed messengers. Bellies like smooth weighted stone, they consume the dead, Swim a stop start jerky line into ready nets. Survivors discover fire, light the world, become the sun, become the gods, gut their gasping catch. Find sailors lost at sea, spill forth, dining on one another's rot. Heaven in replica upon the sea and her lovely face, hell has lived on land longer than anyone admits. The poet, the seeker, grows restless, wanderlust, cannot hold memory fast in ghost eel heads. Conspiracy among the bees in the... Was the solitary lighthouse always right here? Landlocked? The ward of the stalwart rock? Who was the first human to claw upward from water Sprout mutiny vain legs abandon their watch. Who tilted the Fresnel, named it looking glass, caused the world to pine after themselves to avert their gaze from Amphitrite, from Situ, from Eos, from Selene? Am I my sister's lightkeeper? Thank you. And then finally for this set, um, I don't know what it is. You know, you kind of want to do things in even numbers as far as remembering something. I don't know. There's something about 20th anniversaries or 10th anniversaries or 10th um, remembrances of things. Um, I'm still trying to explore why um, in the 22nd year after the um, bombing of the Twin Towers, this 
this spilled forth, this remembrance spilled forth. It was very present in my mind where I was, what happened, the exact feeling. Um, it was only now that I was able to put it into, into words, I guess, uh, sort of. So this does not bear a title as of right now. It is a 9-11, 22-year remembrance. M, shape reasserts itself on the BART station walls. On the sketchbook spilling its floppy corners onto the soda sticky floor from my lap. I trace it with my eyes, following the movement of my cramped thumb and forefinger. Purposeful charcoal vertical lines escalate to a peak, holding in breath, releasing control, ascending once more, falling down. I am in deep plunge denial. Two columns, two peaks, two towers, slate, crumbling powder diving headlong into its own abdomen. A tunnel never knows its ending underneath the bathed shark-hungry waters until it does, ceases. Transbay tube escape from what is perceptible to what is urban wilderness. Two handfuls of serpentine variation in existence for our bodies to reinvent becoming, being. Transbay tube subway subterfuge from what is inconceivable. Untried quantity of shell, of steel, of concrete, of bomb, of shelter, of shroud. Bless the fish bellies full. I hear death as the fullness of silence, of ocean level pressure persisting, of man-made ego yielding. Nature has her brief shining glory. I am in deep truth resuscitation. Falling up, shaky knee ascension. Who is in control now? I hold breath. Gills partially form complicity. Shaping peaks from smoke. Asphyxiation memory. Recall. Rewind. Courage in unbroken lines can become breached. The flight of my forefinger and thumb. Bay-hungry waters rehydration. My palm extends the wings of aerocraft appendages, lifting, crumpling, heavy bone-white page back into my sketchbook, cupping soot, sky, ember in reverse of living, catching on fire, dangling burning bodies, mumbled last word prayers, letting them bloodstain mingle grime and life force upon double reinforced BART train window plates as they float, cadaver ash toll taken, walk on water, walk on borrowed time, walk on Brooklyn Bay Bridge to Pacific Ocean, to humanity lost at sea, to meet no God but God. Thank you. Wow. You know, Finn Bell, I hosted recently, actually on September the 11th, a poetry remembrance program 
on this podcast. I wish I had talked to you. Oh. Hey, well, the, you know, um, well, the, um, we, we could just well, say that this is, uh, you know, um, an additional remembrance, right? Yes. Yes. I love that. I love that. I love that. Yes. Such a touching poem. Which brings up a question, and I've asked it now 400 times. I think I asked it with the PGN group. And I just want to hear more of your thoughts. And I always phrase it the same way. Okay. There's good in this world, in this world we live in, which was fraught with such, so much stuff. So many things that people deal with on a daily basis just to survive. So as I make this statement that there's good, bad, ugly, as well as indifferent in the difference in the world, what do you view as being the role of a poet in modern day society? I've asked this before. I asked it on PGN when you were all with me. Let's talk about that for a minute. What is our role, Finn? What should we be doing to to make this a better place for all of us? I think to a certain degree, um, we are both the mirror that is held up to to the face of of humanity, mm-hmm. but as well as the cautionary tale, I guess, to, to, for lack of, of, of a better uh, phrase. I know I have the phrase in the back of my mind, but um, we, are, we, we, are, we are self as well as, well as counsel. We, we, we reflect back um, to the people who listen to us, perhaps the discomfort that they did not want to hear um, did not want to see in themselves, um, and they so, they somehow recognize hearing it from another person. Mm-hmm. I, I'd hate to say that we are making it more palatable. Never that. I hope it's never that. Honestly, uh, mm-hmm. I don't want to make it more palatable. I want to to really singe and to really um, um, find its way home. What we're saying um, needs to be said, and sometimes processing through that pain to arrive at it, even on the receiving end, is is a necessary thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I like to to believe that we are we are harbingers of something. I, 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 I always reference, maybe it's because my Pisces nature, where I say mm-hmm. that I always feel very um, comfortable in the role of Oracle. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, anywhere from, you know, from uh, pri- prior, to, prior to, this, to this interview, sitting down with you, Michael, um, I mm-hmm. was in a workshop. And um, the the prompt was about clouds, and I love that it was about clouds because I am the type of being who I look at clouds. I look at the cloud in my coffee. <laughs> I look at the clouds wow. in the sky, and mm-hmm. I see 
images which I interpret as um, premonitions, ways to guide my day, um, things that are telling me something. So um, I know that might seem like people like to say that they they read things in, in nature. Um, I feel like I'm more maybe maybe because of being a poet, I am more in tune with reading these 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 messages coming from um, from what I see around me, the, the whole earth and everybody in it. You know, everybody I encounter um, tells me a lesson if my if my ears are open, if my heart is open, um, and so. In, in that way, I think our role, whether we embrace it or not in the moment, is of, of, of showing, of showing where that place can be. It's, a, it's showing where we are in the moment, but it's showing also, um, it's the responsibility of showing where we can be if, you know, if we, if we keep at it. So it, it, it is optimism, but not without without the fight. I, I, I think the fight is very essential in there. Going through it is very essential in there. We don't arrive and it's not happy, happy clouds and unicorns. It, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a very visceral um, going through of, of emotion to, to, to get to that place where we want to be, to get to that optimistic place. <laughs> but what if, as a poet, I don't want to write about what's happening in the world. I just want to write about rocks and trees and flowers and bugs. Is that okay too? That is absolutely okay. I, I why, love Why is it okay? That. Why is it okay? Because how, how can it be okay, Finn Bell, when the world is like it is? How can it be okay? Because, you, you know, people may beg to differ, and I much respect to people who write about bugs and it's about the bug, but look at, look at the masters of, um, of, of Renga, of, uh, of Tanka and the old masters, the old masters of some of the oldest type of poetry. And that would be, you know, um, in the, in the basis of the haiku, it starts as a contemplation on something in nature or something in human nature. Um, which is very, which is very physical, and that transcends from something physical into something that, whether they, the person who is writing it realizes or not, um, provides provides a lesson, provides this epiphany point. Um, very much why I love haiku. Sometimes I am starting from talking about birds just flying or or sitting on top of the roof next to my uh, where I live, mm-hmm. and it comes. It, it can come from, um, from, from just observing them to realizing, wow, they're doing this every day. This is, that's tenacity. That is living. That is, you know, here I am trying, you know, I don't even want to get up and make myself a cup of coffee. And here they are day after day. The, the monotony of it. It's not even a monotony. It's beauty because they get up, they show up every day. Why can't I? I often ask myself that. And it's just a simple observation of, of nature, mm-hmm. of birds. Oh, they're lovely. Look at them. They're plump. That one has a worm in its mouth. Um, it, it goes from being just this, this visual of, of these lovely, plump, brown birds to this lesson of tenacity. So even mm-hmm. unwilling, it, 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 becomes, it becomes something more. I think that 
um, just writing about something um, still does speak to your soul, still does speak to your heart. And whether you know it or not, you may be talking about a rock. Mm-hmm. But, but what is going on internally, the dialogues you're having with yourself, it, it, it's expressing so much more to you. Wow. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Very nice. I mean, mm-hmm. this conversation could go on forever, you know, this particular <laughs> topic. But I'd like you to share four more poems. Four more poems. (laughs) Yes, please. Okay. Hello. um, Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Michael, I recently, uh, I recently fell in love again with uh, when I was when I was um, in my um, older childhood years and teen years, there honestly wasn't very much to do in the Philippines. I, I grew up in the Philippines during those formative years, um, during the siesta period, because your parents won't let you out of the house. You have to be taking a nap for your own good because it's way too hot awake between the hours of, of, of noontime and two. So you're taking a nap. If you're not in school, you're taking a nap. Um, and so what I would do um, instead of closing my eyes, I would try to unearth the old books from, you know, from our, from our library or dusty old books. And that's when I gained this, this, you know, this love affair with the, the stories, you know, for better or for worse, with Hans Christian Andersen. One of my favorite ones was, was the, um, the Snow Queen. Um, because it was so epic. It had parts to it and um, characters, honestly, that kind of frightened me. And I'm becoming more familiar with what they represented now in my adulthood when I could not really truly comprehend what their motivations were or or why they just couldn't be simply um, pleasant, you know, like a lot of Disney. They, They were not as pleasant. There was something a little foreboding about them. So, I wrote this poem, Snowstorm, um, as a sort of tribute to the story of the Snow Queen um, and also kind of my, my impressions on how, 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 how love in its first phase, you know, fresh, like a fresh, new romantic love is so different from what, what, what reality is. So this is called... No storm. The floor will appear until where I next step. The door is where the world ends. Yet, this is where I am, loving phantoms, pressing my hands upon the peeling wallpaper. I do not stall them from seeping out of walls, exposing my ghost arms to the sun and watching as they dissolve. We are helpless as the apparitions escape the house. They have known the places unseen, understand boundaries, disregard them. The wide world outside of you becomes the seduction riding the atmosphere, fast becoming reality. You long to exist in the beyond among them. You put one foot before the other but do not comprehend this 
is not for you. The ground will fall out from beneath. Outside, the world is overwhelming as it closes in around your head. Sky, a pale powder of smoke, halos you. You realize snowflakes can be minute, can fit on the tip of your little finger, can be one in a billion miraculous iterations, present in this harmonious blanket of silvery eight-point blades. And still, each one pleads to be unique. You pretend to be K. Claimed ice catching in your lashes are pieces of glass, occluding your sight, freezing your heart. You have made up your mind to call this your excuse to shed the burden of caring. Where you shun the searing pressed kiss, the hot tears, that wet down your resolve. You do not want your Gerda because Gerda is the spring, because Gerda smells of the rose petals tickling your cheeks. You used to pull off her thorns one by one just to excite to the bright crimson blood pulsing sensation from your pricked fingers. You don't want your Gerda because Gerda's heartbeat is too familiar, and the heart is home, and home is love, and love is too damn frightening. The roses cease to bloom, and the summer she put one foot out in front of the other, seeking you, swallowed by flurries, gray flint arrows in the billions. The garden, abandoned, circles the house, senile and mad they reminisce this next poem is actually a it's a companion poem to that that long science fiction poem (laughs) um that i uh that i shared a while ago um You'll notice, and I know, Michael, that you asked me about this a while ago about, you know, recurring themes and what I write about. And I can't help myself from, from going back to the moon. The moon has such a pull on me, a pull to me, uh, no pun intended. So this is sort of a companion to that silver redemption, but it's also a little love poem. Yes, I did say love poem. <laughs> It's a love poem on its own. Um, and I let it speak for itself. You know, you could, you could imagine what it is about. It's called Lunar Love. When I fall off to sleep, do you chase your lunar rover fingers over the dunes of my rising and falling breasts and hips? Find an outcropping of draped thigh hung in satisfied abandon over your waist to shelter for the night. Build fancy. Hoist your bright banner aloft and stake deep in my native terra. You will memorize each phase of position in arms and legs entwined torsos eclipsing each other, we wax 
and we wane one another in an ancient pattern. We adapt our rhythm. Frantic rush and lulled rocking, ringing the satellite of our pelvises. Celestial bodies colliding, passing. We follow the teachings of the tide, the seasons, and the moon. This next poem is a reminder of how lovely it was to grow up in the Philippine countryside where it was just time and nature singing its song, um, especially on days where the electricity would go out. Uh, having the electricity go out was kind of um, a godsend. So this is called Gabina Sakabukiran, which is nighttime in the countryside. When I lay my tender being down among the coos and flapping wings of the nighttime song, the fireflies light up the mulberry sky curtain and makahiya bush with their courtship. I can still hear Shahin's voice creak with the patio ratan, smell of calabansi and tall white taper candles. The power's out again. The leaves of the mango tree rustle silver in the moonlight and shush us. Mga pabamkin, mga apo, matulog na kayo. Sweet dreams, safe harbors, sweet dreams. The solitary paniki calls out to us. Ek! Ek! I'm here. Dots the queso de bola moon with her tiny furred body and calls goodbye. Ek! Ek! Tomorrow dusk, my fine friend. Tender being, newborn soul. We do not yet see this big, frightening world wrapping knuckles upon our small countryside sugar snow globe halcyon. We are not learned in the harsher ways. Okay. <laughs> um, so one more poem, um, I think, if I was looking at that correctly. Um, and this is really fun. This was really fun. Um, I was recently introduced to the idea of what is called a cyclops poem. And uh, what a cyclops poem is, is it's a creation of a lovely poet um, who heads um, this online open mic called Open Minds Open Mic with her husband, uh, Thomas. Um, so basically what a cyclops poem is, it is a poem of basically any length, um, it's freestyle, and every word in the poem consists of a solitary letter I. It should only have one I, um, which I found very challenging. Um, 
so I came up with something that is pretty, um, it is not a hallmark of my style, but I love it all the same. It kind of brought out something, something else. So I named this poem Zip It. <laughs> the title also has one I, a piece in each word. Zip it. Clip, hypothetical, wings, sick in sing in sick, symphonic. Is this demise in line with pretentious lime? Light, this glorious blight, bright. Bring into this ring, dirty, shining, belligerence, minus satisfied, fair, fight. Skip, right. Misogyny, spit, lies, upright. Dislike bringing light, bite. Is it feeling perturbing, bitsy might? Is impotent, spoiled child feeling this slight? Is it right? It's unfair. It's unfair? Pobrecito. Chain it. Zip it. Dip it in silence. I'm unwilling, zilch counting, in lending sympathetic spirit. All right. Sit tight. Chill, sweetie. I discover prejudice. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Bell, do you think you were meant to be a poet? Yes, but you know, honestly, that could just be me trying to trying to make myself feel better. But, but no, 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 I'll, I'll joke. No, you're good. You're good. <laughs> Why do you think you were meant yeah, to be all, a poet? All joking aside. Um, because I cannot for the life of me, keep these words that want to pour out, these stories that want to pour out. And, you know, much like I said in the beginning of the show, um, they manifest themselves in so many different ways. Um, I, I think that, you know, when I am doodling, which I'm fond of doing, especially during October, it's inktober, and I like to do, you know, an ink drawing a day um, when I'm doing that, um, when I'm doing, you know, pastels and and, and gouache painting, um, when I was during a period when um, my body was in great shape and I was dancing, um, when I am storytelling with, with no beginning and no end, um, doing an endless story that makes no sense. Um, all those are different areas and incorporations of poetry for me. I think it's a constant movement. It's a constant conversation with myself that I've always had since I, uh, I'd like to say, um, what developed, you know, the, the, the comprehension and developed the speech. But I think it predates that. I think, you know, even as a child, in, in all the play that I was doing, I was creating um, this mm-hmm. form of poetry. So, so yeah, yes, very much, you know. Uh, it, it's, nothing has felt more alive and vibrant and, and more at home than, than being in these different avenues where mm-hmm. I... I place myself into that, that ultimately siphon off and 
become poetry, whether that poetry is um, displayed in words or displayed in other forms that wow. remain in that other form or turn into words eventually. So then what surprises you most about being a poet? The continued humbling learning process. Um, I have to remind myself of that. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, it is at turns surprising, and, I, and I, I, I appreciate the reminder of the surprise and the reminder of um, it's an ongoing learning. If I'm ever sitting on my laurels and saying that this is where I want to be, this is what I'm writing, it works, let's keep at it for another gazillion years, because it works. Um, I don't want that complacency. I want the constant reminder that um, like language, like art, it's this palpable, moving, living, delicious thing. It's messy. And it ha- it's constantly in a flux, in a change. Um, mm-hmm. And so that, that, that's, that, that's a surprise I need every day. To constantly go back and look and say, hello, poetry, what are we doing today? And, Mm. you know, it responds back, well, let's try this. Let's do this. And that is, you know, not a, um, you know, there there could be this crisis, you know, this crisis of being where, where am I going now? Maybe I need to try something new. Um, mm-hmm. recognizing, recognizing that as well, recognizing that it's not a, a, a freshening up of material or a freshening up of, of your persona to, to titillate or, you know, to, to, to cause um, a ruckus around yourself or, or to gain some sort of, you know, recognition or limelight or eyes pointing at you. It is, it is just understanding that, um, what, where you may have been in your, in your poetry three years ago um, mm-hmm. is not a necessarily, and I, I, I've, I, I had to kind of learn that. You know, I, I think about, like, my poetry book, which is about five years old, my first and only one, and mm-hmm. I used to cringe thinking about it. I used to say, oh, I would never write like that again. But that was the part of my journey where I was then. It's, it's a, it is a testament to, you know, it, it, it immortalizes where I was for posterity, where I was then. Here is where I am now. I can go back, I can go forward and, you know, and then come back to this year, 2023, and say, hey, this is where I was then. And uh, it's, it's a miraculous thing. It's, it's a constant evolution, and that's the beauty mm. of it. Wow. Wow. Where do you go from here? What's next for you creatively? I, <laughs> I actually, <laughs> I like to do, I am so strange in the way that I do things. I'm, I'm going to give you a tiny little um, story or anecdote, mini anecdote that, that gives you um, a little bit of context to what I'm about to say. Um, okay. I am the type of person who, if I have the means or you know, back when I had the means, I would um, I would color my hair 
to whatever color I was feeling in the moment. And it didn't matter if I colored my hair just three days ago. Okay. Um, same thing. If I have, you know, um, I, I, I had up until a month ago hair that almost went down my back. Now my hair is pretty much a bob because I just mm-hmm. decided one day I'm going to cut it. I'm, I'm that spontaneous. Um, wow. So, yes, uh, maybe a little impulsive. I call it spontaneous. Some people may call it impulsive. Um, it came upon like just my one day I was thinking or one late, late night, I said, wouldn't it be lovely an, another way that I could connect and serve our poetry community is by creating for them a uh, community literary magazine um, mm-hmm. without any without any background without any background I'm like yay let's do this um, so that's what's happening that's what's happening right now very much um, that I'm committing a lot of my time and my passion into uh, it's been very fulfilling because I get the the honor of reading these fabulous works that have been submitted oh my goodness I can't I can't wait I'm excited thinking about them just right now um, mm-hmm. so that, that endeavor again, and that's another way just to feed, uh, feed my poetry soul, feed my poetry life is, is opening up this, um, this opportunity to, to other poets and other voices. Um, it's, it's, it's a big extension of what I do with vocabulary. It's a big extension of what I've been doing with, with Poetry Global Network. Um, I never knew I had a knack for these, you know, these community building things, lo mm-hmm. and behold. Um, so this is just yet another way to, to bring these voices to the forefront and mm-hmm. to kind of test something that I've always loved. I know not everybody's a big fan of the literary journal, um, mm-hmm. but, but, I, but I am. And, uh, you know, having one that's a, bit of a slice of something that's on theme, I love themes. It's just, it's just a great um, combining of so many things that I love. So, yeah, next, next month, my little... My itchy bitchy literary magazine comes out. Yay! Oh, oh wow! <laughs> oh, that's nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I'm that's excited wonderful. about that. I know. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Where can listeners buy some days here? <laughs> um, through Amazon. Through Amazon? Okay. <laughs> through me? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> through Amazon right now is the. Uh, yeah, uh, is 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 the most dependable way since you know how those first rights go. So yeah, yes, um, it is still available um, on Amazon. And if somebody is looking to dip their toe in, it's a nice, delicious little um, mini mini book. I love I love when poetry books are 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 tiny slices. Um, I love the big volumes. Don't get me wrong, I love the big volumes. Mm-hmm. But I like when somebody can dip their toe in tentatively and and look at um, deliciously teasing tiny poems. That's what they are. <laughs> All right. Yeah. You know, I, I've always, yeah. <laughs> I've always wanted to ask you about <laughs> vocabulary. Tell me about it before. We mm-hmm. Um. So vocabulary um, it is pretty much like you know my current endeavor with uh, with with my Mayari literature. Um, online magazine, my magazine that I'm coming mm-hmm. up with, um, it was equal parts um, wanting to serve this new community that I found, online community during the pandemic, and it was equal parts 
this, this desire always to have um, this ongoing think tank that was, you know, a, a combination of, you know, your monthly poetry support group, but also, you know, you know, let's, let's not kid ourselves. Everybody <laughs> at one point probably had the big dream of having, you know, the Gertrude Stein level uh, Paris salon of the 20s. I yes. did it. I did, of course. So I've always mm-hmm. wanted that. I've always wanted this community of people where um, ultimately, yes, we're going to share poetry, but it, what it comes down to at the end of these, you know, these long nights is that talking about poetry, talking about everything in the periphery of it. And it's just this wonderful um, you know, uh, melee, this miasma of just wonderful thoughts and, and expansion of the mind. And there's nothing that can be compared to that. Um, so mm-hmm. that's where that, that evolved from. Um, but I, you know, I learned too from it to become more structured and trying to find what um, the community needs, what the community is looking for. And sometimes to serve your poetry soul, it could mm-hmm. be something as simple as getting away from the poetry for a little bit. So yes. uh, it does offer programs, you know, more traditional that have to do with open mics and workshops, but also, you know, in, in, the, in the interim when your soul wants to kind of escape from its poetry for a while so it can better its poetry. Mm-hmm. You know, I have things like movie nights, movie nights. We have karaoke night. And I think all those, that full picture feeds back in you being more able to, to, to be around your poetry and, and, and be more creative, you know, fulfilling. I know this sounds hokey, but fulfilling no. the whole self makes the poet, makes the poet a better poet. Wow. So, yeah. You know, so that's basically what it is. You can find, <laughs> yeah, you can find it on Eventbrite on Linktree. It's everywhere. Okay. Finn Cadillac, right. Finn Bell. Yay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we of course have reached the end of this poetic journey. I'd like to invite you to come back and share some more of your work whenever you'd like to come back. If you'd like to come back before the end of the year or in early 2024, either one, because there are more questions that I'd like to ask you. And I want to hear more of your fantastic work. You're incredibly talented. Thank you so much, Incredib- Michael. This has been a pleasure, you know. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's hard. It's, it's, this, is a, this is a very genuine very genuine compliment. Uh, you know what? We've been sitting for two hours. Yes. I don't feel like it's two hours. It's, it's so. It, it, it's it's been so fun. It's, it's so yes. fun to sit. Yes. And see, to me, you epitomize what I feel poetry should be about. Someone who wants to make the art and craft available to all. Someone who believes in the art and craft of poetry. And that's important to believe in it. Very important. To find ways to bring people into it. So to me, mm-hmm. you epitomize that kind of person, that kind of poet. And I wish you knew. I truly appreciate that. Well, it's true. I mean, I'm not saying anything that's not true. I mean, everything you've talked about tonight has been about community involvement, bringing people together, mm-hmm. learning from other people. And when yeah. you learn from others, that helps you. And you talk about holistic, being able, being holistic. And I mean, 
Finn, you you are incredible. <laughs> you really are. Thanks so really much, are. Michael. Thank you. you, thank you. What did I tell you at the beginning there? If you were an infomercial. <laughs> 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 I am ready to go to your university. <laughs> Finn Sign you up, university. <laughs> but again, thank you so much. I plan to follow your career because I see that you're on a trajectory up. And uh, I'm really proud of you. I really am. I, I like your conviction. And your Thank voice. you, Michael. It's very strong. Very strong. Thank you. But also, I'm tired. I'm not going to say everything, but it's strong and it's also inviting. You see what I'm saying? Some people's mm. voices are strong, <laughs> but they don't invite you to, to join in with them. You see what I'm saying? And that's not helpful. It's just not. I don't believe. Mm. Well, uh, <laughs> I want to thank no. you <laughs> for being with me. I want to thank Samuel Ray Benjamin <laughs> for gracing us with his presence as well. And to the listening audience, as I share with you every time we're together, let poetry ring somewhere throughout the land. Good night, Finn Bell. Take care. Good night, Michael. What a pleasure. Perfect. Thank you. Yes. Uh, Quintessential Listening Poetry Online Radio is available on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. You can also check out the website at qlpor.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.